Welcome to the Lost Gardens of Heligan podcast, Beauty in All Things. I'm Alistair Moore, Head of Gardens and Estate, and each month we'll be revealing the inner workings of Heligan in all its glory, from soil to seeds, bulbs to bees, past, present and future, all from right here in the Lost Gardens of Heligan on the Cornish coast. Hello and welcome on a slightly miserly morning. It's very early, it's about five to six, and I am down by the second pond in the jungle. The tree ferns are glowing, or the young growth is at least, lovely verdant green with little droplets of water clinging to the end of the fronds. The garden is awake, even if I'm not, and alive to the sound of birdsong. I'm here with um, one of my colleagues, Toby, and it is definitely the sounds of Heligan that we're interested this morning. But before we go any further, I'll allow Toby perhaps to introduce himself. Morning, Toby. Good morning, Alistair. So, yeah, my, my name's Toby Davies. I'm um, the wildlife coordinator here at the Lost Gardens of Heligan. Um, I've worked at Heligan here now sort of on and off for seven years now. Um, I was here one day a week when I was carrying out my studies. I started off at Dutchy College. I did a level three in conservation and countryside management. I then headed on to Bicton College where I did a foundation degree in the same same field of study. And then I um, did a top-up year at Cornwall College in Newquay to get a full degree in um, zoology. So it's um, it's been lovely now to have this job here at Heligan. I'm following on in my career. Um, previously, I was working on the estate team, where we were carrying out a lot of habitat management here on the estate. But yeah, it's um, a step in the right direction for my for my career. Well, we're very glad to have you here, Toby. And there's something of a family tradition, is there not, in employment at Heligan? Yes, there is indeed. So my great-great-grandfather, um, Charles Ball, was one of the original Heligan gardeners here who uh, went off to the First World War and unfortunately didn't come home. Him and his family used to live in Gorin, which is our sort of local village just down the road, five minutes away. And it's um, nice to know that over well over 100 years on, my, my family is still living in within the surrounding area of the Heligan estate. Excellent. Well, as I said, it's jolly good to have you here, Toby. And what a morning it is. So, Toby, here we are in the jungle, in a lovely, damp, jungly morning, with the sound of all this birdsong around us. What's actually going on with the birds at this time of day? So really, we're in the dawn chorus right now. So all the birds are just waking up and really just sort of expressing themselves. We've got a lot of our territorial birds, like our robins, sort of just expressing, letting others know that they're there. Excellent. And is there anything in particular you can hear at the moment that is distinctive? In distance there, we just got the, caught the glimpse of a wren there. Here are a chaffinch there in the distance as well. 
When you listen for, say, a chaffinch or a wren, what, what's the particular tone you're hoping to hear? Some of the ones, um, so yeah, with the wren, for example, you're sort of looking for quite a high-pitched sort of tone and a very fast sort of movement. Wrens are quite distinctive compared to some of your other birds, say your blue tits with a, or a um, great tit with a bit of a sort of slower call. Whereas with the wren, um, it was kind of described as almost like a machine gun, a peep, 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 peep. <laughs> It's a good way to wake up. There's that. That was the wren. And obviously we got our pigeon there in the distance <laughs> of as well. Course, inevitably. <laughs> the odd pheasant too. Oh, and the blackbird there as well. Blackbird there in the distance. And with the blackbird, what are you, again, what, what are the distinctive characteristics of, of their song? I think, yeah, with the blackbird, it's, it's sort of a kind of a similar sort of, not the highest of pitches, but it's quite a sort of steady sort of mid-range, as it were, kind of pitch. And I think all, for all gardeners listening, it's definitely a very distinct call first thing in the morning. I heard one coming here this morning and the loveliest of calls. Oh, there's a chiff chaff too. Yeah, that chiff chaff chiff chaff. Yes, yes. There's that wren again. And the chiff chaff is sort of well, it's, it's very distinctive in a way because it's like I sort of described then. It's just sort of repeating its name. Yeah. That chiff chaff chiff chaff chiff chaff. That's it. Chiff chaff chiff chaff. And there's quite a distinct yes, wren there. Yeah. Hear that? Yes, absolutely. So it's it's so much quicker compared yeah. to some of the other calls. Is that your machine gun going off there, Toby? That, that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Isn't it amazing for such a tiny little bird? Yeah. What a sort of distinct and penetrating call they've, yeah they've definitely got some voice and and again it's such a beautiful call and it's and, it, and that sort of tail end there where it's really fast and then it sort of tails out into yeah. one pitch and almost as, as quick as it started it's finished it's, it's so many notes to um, looking up about them it was over a hundred notes within that. Good heavens me. Within and that, all, all played in the right yeah, order. <laughs> within that sort of three or four second... Three or four second sort of song. Yeah, yeah over a hundred notes within there. All Good packed heavens. in. And there's the... That blackbird there. That was the blackbird, yeah. That chaffinch again. So Toby and I have made it up to the top of the jungle. We're still being um, serenaded with birdsong, and in fact, just opposite us on a lovely Pittosporum tobira is a robin giving his 
giving us the eye, um, suspicious of us being in this territory. But I have to say, it is now an absolutely glorious day. Um, there is not a cloud in the sky, apart from a distant single vapour trail from a passing jet, but it's still all stillness and birdsong. The sun's really gilding all the trees. Toby, I feel, you know, we've had a quite a selfish experience. In fact, there's been no one else here, but there is an opportunity for other folk to come and enjoy a uh, glorious morning at Heligan. Have you got a few details about that? Yes, I do. So um, from the 9th of June uh, to the 14th of July, the gardens will be opening on Thursdays at 6.30am for visitors to, yeah, come in and enjoy the dawn chorus experience for themselves. Wonderful. And uh, no doubt there will be further details about that on the website. But Toby, once again, thank you so much. It's been a great, great pleasure. And what a delight to be in here so early and enjoying the beauteous bird song. Yeah, it's been gorgeous. It's, it's like you say, it's, it's quite nice to have it to ourselves, but it's, um, we'd better head on soon else we'll have everybody coming in. <laughs> quite so. <laughs> Thanks, Toby. Let's crack on. I have made an unexpected stop-off in the barn. Our early morning theme of birdsong baking and raking has been slightly and joyously thrown by some new arrivals in the barn. I'm here with Louis. Louis, would you just describe the scene? Yes, so um, our beloved goat Violet has just... Well, last night delivered a, two twins, two twin girls, and she's just fussing over them. She's been very attentive, and they seem both really happy and healthy. And yeah, she keeps licking them and making sure they're feeding and fussing over them and doing a very good job, particularly if she's a first time mum. And they are ridiculously cute and gorgeous. So, just would you just remind us? Louis, of um, the breed of goat that uh, Violet and her twins are? Oh, yes, he's a, a golden Guernsey. So, um, yeah, one of the two that we have, well, four we have now. Uh, <laughs> one of our rare breeds that we have many of, with a really interesting backstory, actually, yeah. And the the rattling we just heard was Mr Finch, now christened uh, Uncle Finch, Violet's brother, who is is maybe feeling a little bit like he's not getting enough tension right now. What do you say, Uncle Finch? No, he 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 gave the microphone a rather desultory sniff and has has moved on. But fantastic news! So, Louis, when might you imagine Violet and her kids will be? out on in the paddocks again well they should be out hopefully within within the week or so i would imagine from now so um yeah fairly soon wonderful well can't wait to see them bouncing around the paddocks and uh, congratulations violet <laughs> so it's now about quarter past seven and I have made my way up to a very different environment. And my God, it smells beautiful in here. Fresh bread. There's a hum of a mixer in the background. I've come into one of the 
Holies of Holy at, uh, at Heligan, which is the bakery. And I've come here to meet two very special people who will introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Kieran. I've been working at Heligan for just over 20 years now in the bakery for about, it's about 16 of them. Fantastic. And over here we have... Hi, I'm Julie, and I've worked for Heligan for nearly six years. Wonderful. Now, we're here pretty early. Julie, does it, does it bother you getting up early in the morning to come and do all this uh, wonderful baking? No, it is literally the best time of day and the most productive time of day because you can get so much done before anyone comes in. No, it feels like you're all kind of raring to go. I mean, there's things going on, but there's great bowls of flour and butter, eggs everywhere. But it's not just the work. Kieran, what, what does it mean for you coming in nice and early? It's the peace and quiet first thing in the morning. Before We're the first ones in. There's no one else in until 8 o'clock. And we can get... It's our best time of the day. It's our most productive time of the day. And, yeah, it's nice been able to crack on just absolutely and when you say crack on there is the most i think i'd say the bakery is probably the kind of secret squirrel of um of heligan in as much as the incredible amount of things you do that perhaps people both people who work here but also our visitors probably don't really understand so what do you bake And how many things do you bake? So everything that we make is made on site. We make quite a lot. We do breads, cakes, scones. Last year we sold approximately 118,000 slices of cake. (laughs) 15,000 scones. Probably about 25,000 rolls of various descriptions for barbecue, kitchen, things like that. So... And these are, these are all, I just need to emphasize this, these are all made on site everything's made by on site. you and Julie. Yeah, everything's made on site by us in the bakery, yeah. And, yeah, it's very busy at the minute. <laughs> well, I know you're really appreciating me coming in and ruining your morning. Um, so, Julie, when I think of you and Kieran, I think, oh, Kieran does the bread and you do the cakes. But that's, that's not entirely true, is it? No, um, between well we both do both and obviously Kieran has days off I have days off so early mornings when Kieran's off yeah I come in and do the bread what a skilled team you are and what what this will be an annoying question what is your of all the things you do and you may I don't know you may be sick with 118,000 slices of cake a year you may be sick of the thought of it but uh, Julie do you have a favorite of the things that you bake for me i'm gonna go with sponges and the coffee cake but i also love doing the bread i do love doing bread so difficult to choose kieran are you uh, i'm a sucker for chocolate cake so (laughs) our brownies but i like our pineapple cake as well i mean that's our best seller um people love the pineapple cake here so that's one of my favorites to make and uh to take home to eat sometimes as well. No, it's a, it's it's. I have to admit, it is my favourite, and obviously has a great resonance with the pineapple.
So, Julie, we're saying it's the biggest mixer I've ever seen. What's going on in here? At the minute, in here is buttercream, which I'm making to put all the cakes together. And which cakes are you making today? Gluten-free, coffee cake, uh, Nutella, in the process of pineapple and macaroons. Oh, the macaroons. So the, the big dishes we've got and bowls we've got here, we've got... We've got pineapple in this one. And the eggs. And this is the macaroons. And that is gluten-free loaves. Fantastic. So what the, the other machinery we've got here, I can see Kieran about to turn on this beast. They all look like they should, they're about to sort of take off and go into space, actually. Ah, this is a more interesting mixer than the, there's a sort of propeller on the other one. But this is almost like a, a pig's tail going round and round. What have we got going on in here, Kieran? So this is our bread mixer. Um, if you stare into it too long, it'll make you seasick. <laughs> <sick. laughs> well, it's quite it's, hypnotic, isn't it? It is. Yes, um, but yeah, this is why I'm making bread for the day. For, we've got barbecue open, kitchen open, so just making lots of rolls and loads so, of bread to sell. So white and brown rolls? Uh, white and brown rolls, yeah, pantique rolls, Cotswold Crunch rolls and white rolls. We do. And the same with the with the loaves? With the loaves as well, yeah. We're making all of the, all three of them today to go out for sale. Also, we will be, we're going to be starting to have a new bread display in the kitchen very soon, so we'll be selling focaccias and things like that. So it'll be a work of art as well yes. as a so, work of culinary genius. Yeah, we lots of bread. Something I'm slightly obsessed with, because I do like, I love a hot dog, yeah. is I was amazed by the number of hot dog rolls. Yeah, we went through quite a lot of them last year. I mean, barbecue's not open for... The majority of the year is it? it's only open for a few months, but we went through about ten and a half thousand hot dog rolls. They're all rolled out by hand as well, which is great fun. <laughs> I will have a totally improved appreciation of my uh, elegant hot dog this year. So every single one of those hot dog rolls is hand rolled by you and Julie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much first thing in the morning, in here, getting it ready for the day. God, what a feat! What a feat! Well, silence has fallen over the bakery, but there's uh, quieter operations going on. Let me just get, get a little sound of... Now, this is a bit of hand-mixing. Julie, what, um, apart from rolling 10,500 hot dogs by hand, uh, hot dog rolls by hand every year, what jobs are you doing here? I'm mixing macaroons by hand, and I've also got pineapple cake which is all weighed, everything goes in, and that is also mixed by hand. Gosh, pineapple cake is even more special now than it was before. Well, I've left the heavenly aromas of Heligan Bakery and Julie and Kieran behind now, and I've joined head gardener Nicola in the flower garden where we're rather basking in glorious sunshine now, are you not, Nicola? absolutely beautiful isn't it yeah and the uh, the flower gardens really starting to fill out there's well, are there any points of particular interest in the flower garden at the moment for you Nicola 
Well, I'm kind of watching the poppy bed. It's just <laughs> starting to come up now because I know that that's going to look absolutely beautiful. It's the lovely black peony poppies and they put on a great show and we've got a whole massive bed of them. Oh, so goodness. as you walk through the doors, they're going to be uh, there right in front of you and they're always a real showstopper. So they're looking very healthy and happy. So a couple of weeks, you know, a few weeks time and they'll be looking glorious. Oh, can't wait for that. Um, but I've come to talk to you about something else rather than the glories of the poppies, which is that quintessential Heligan morning ritual in the gardens. Would you explain a bit more about that, please, Nora? Yes, at the start of each day, if you come down through any part of the gardens, you're going to see our gardeners out and about with their rakes. So we rake the paths pretty much every morning and it's been a ritual here really since the beginning and I think it's really important it does it serves many purposes really but obviously the most important one is visitors first impressions so as you come in through the entrance and if you've got a beautifully raked path and clean edges and it really sets the tone for the visit I think and in the formal areas it's, it's really important to try and keep them looking spick and span but as well I mean you know our gardeners know those paths intricately (laughs) and also all the plants alongside them you know it's a lovely sort of start to the day and um, and seasonally it varies so much you know in the in the autumn obviously with all the leaves it's a it's a much bigger task and but this time of year as the rhododendrons are dropping their sort of flowers again the paths you come in in the morning and they're lined with pink flowers and they're very beautiful and the temptation is to leave them because they look so lovely but after a hundred people have walked on them <laughs> sort of they don't look so lovely anymore yeah so you so we do um rake them up so as you walk past the gardeners their barrows are sort of overflowing with beautiful pink blooms uh, heading off to the compost bays but yeah it's, it's also you know if you sweep those paths every day if something's not quite right or something something's a little bit out you know you see it straight away so it's a really good sort of check for the gardens every morning before we open for visitors to check that everything's as it should be and nothing's you know out of place or dangerous or whatever so you know that it's um as well as looking good it's a it's a good thorough check of the gardens every morning as well brilliant thank you for that nicola i think i might just dive out and see if i can find a gardener in action but thank you so much for that and uh, i'll catch you later yes you too I find myself beneath the splendid rhododendron Fulconeri with Martin from the gardens team. Martin, would you like to just introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Martin. I am one of the productive gardeners here at Lost Gardens of Heligan. Wonderful. And what are you up to this morning? I'm raking the paths between the melon yard and the well area. And Martin, is this uh, your sort of regular area? Has become my regular area the last couple of months, yeah. We've all been given specific paths to do, and this is uh, a nice path to, to rake in the mornings. It's quiet, and it's uh, you can hear the birds chirping away, and it just uh, clears your head for the rest of the day. 
Lovely, Martin. Well, I have to say you're doing a fantastic job. There's not a leaf in sight. And um, I, I won't keep you any longer, but uh, lovely to have a chat. And God, it's a glorious day too, isn't it? It's beautiful. Wonderful. Thanks a lot, Martin. See you later. So, Becky, can you tell me just a wee bit about these beautiful sweet williams? So this variety of grow here is a heritage type. It's called Auricula Eyed. Um, it's a combination of lots of pinks and whites and some of the foliage. It's got deep red foliage to it, which is really pretty. We actually grow them as an annual here due to the cropping rotation around the dipping pond, but they are perennial. Um, and we have them in the dipping pond beds as well as in the cut flower beds. Wonderful. And I, over there, there's beautiful creamy white flowers. What are they? That is Camassia. And we have the blue ones are just about to start flowering as well, which are a bit of a shorter variety. Beautiful. No, and it, gosh, it's lovely this morning. Not least also because the wonderful wisteria is still in flower, which is fantastic. Yeah. Becky, brilliant. Thank you very much. I won't impede your flower cutting any further. Have a lovely day. (laughs) Well, it's now about 20 past eight in the morning, and uh, I feel like I've been here for half the day, but what a half a day it's been. I'm now in the Italian garden. The morning light's just clipping the tops of the olive trees, and it's catching the, the water jet of the fountain in the rectangular pool here. I'm surrounded by pots of succulents, palm trees, uh, and uh, the alliums have come up on their stalks, those lovely both white and purple heads. What a start to the day. You know, everyone always talks about the best part of the day and those early mornings, but it has been glorious. But it's definitely now time to see if I can find myself a cup of coffee and scrounge a, a freshly baked roll from Kieran and Julie. Thank you so much for listening to the Lost Gardens of Heligan podcast, The Beauty in All Things. For more information about the podcast, please visit our website, heligan.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do like and subscribe. And I do look forward to chatting with you next month about the beauty in all things. Goodbye.